it's after the 4th of July, and that means camp is right around the corner. We have to get ready for what the Kansas City Chiefs are about to get ready to do. There are questions, though. We're going to go over the top five of my questions today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. I'm Ryan Tracy. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform here and there and everywhere. Please make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube and, and join those audio platforms as well. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting. I'm solo today to get you ready for this first week back for the 4th of July holiday. I want to take a first second right now to just say thank you to everyone out there serving at home and abroad for everything today. I hope that you got to enjoy your holiday as well. My family certainly did, and we appreciate everything everyone out there serving does for us and for everyone who has served in the past as well. So big day around here. Now what we have is some big topics as well. We're brought to you by Bet Online, uh, where the game starts. You can check that out here and we'll have more for you coming up later. What I want to do today is really go through what are my top five questions right now? And the, the Chiefs have a couple of them. This is the time of year when you want things to be straightening out. And unfortunately, there are still some issues that have to be addressed. And I actually think will be. It's very easy to start off with the biggest question mark is the pass rush. It has to be there. And I got a lot of interesting questions um, over the last week about certain scenarios of, of different players and how they can come around, how they can make this work with the players that they have now. That's the big question mark. And I'm going to throw up on the screen real quickly, um, just a, a quick look at the depth chart. And what you'll see is that there are some questions, guys that are in starting slots right now that really wouldn't have been if everything were set to the way that the team probably prefers and the fan base certainly prefers. So we have to keep that in mind as we go forward. Now, Chris will be back later in the week as I will be on vacation getting ready to move. Um, so we're going to switch gears on that here later. But from my perspective, I want to go what's standing out to me as the top five big things today. And it starts, again, you can't have enough pass rush. And right now, the Chiefs don't have enough. That's really just the way that it comes down to. Whether there's questions about Frank Clark, that is certainly legitimate. Uh, I know people are concerned about his weight. I think some of that concern is probably a little overblown with um, the, the Photoshopping of some things on social media and that kind of thing. I don't think social media is the way that we want to really base everything. And that's true of every case, whether it's catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, um, there's a nice clip out there with Sky Moore, or, or whether it's Frank Clark's weight. We don't want to put too much into that because it's not necessarily you know, an actual journalistic documentation of what the truth is. It, it can be fudged. It can be manipulated. And I think that's, that's important to remember. So we should. Uh, that's what I'm going to do for certain. But Frank's only part of it. It is the fact that whatever plan there was, for the offseason, I know it had to include more than just drafting a player that you liked in George Karloftis, which they accomplished. So they, they got half the check mark done. Now, I do feel that they kind of had Melvin Ingram in their plans, and obviously that didn't work yet again. Doesn't mean you can stop there. So you have to continue forward. And I think that unfortunately, because of the timing of the way everything came down, uh, it is going to be about continuing to try to bolster that pass rush. Because as you saw, uh, 
the depth chart is there, and Frank Clark is one of your starters, and George Karloftis is another. He's an instant starter. Now, yes, he is a first-round pick. You would expect it. Yeah, you likely have a chance of that anyway. But there's no room for error there because if either of them is unable to play any given ball game, it gets very, very questionable very quickly because Mike Dana is a really solid end on first and second down. He does not bring enough pass rush to help you get to the quarterback. And we've talked about this in, from varying angles all summer long. And, and the reason that I'm still talking about it and then we still have to keep talking about it is because it hasn't been corrected yet. I do think there will be feelers out from Brett Veach and the front office maintaining any veteran that gets cut, taking a look at that, trying to see who comes into camp where and how that shakes out. And once they get their first week, maybe 10 days of camp done, they'll have a much better idea of where they are. They're hoping that their young players can come through in the form of Malik Herring, who was injured all last season. And probably the, the odds on favorite to get a little bit of playing time is Josh Kano, but we don't have anything to base that on because we haven't seen him up close and personal yet. From what I understand, he practiced decently over uh, the OTA period, but that doesn't necessarily mean something. So you basically come back to it as Frank Clark, George Karloft is your starters. Mike Dana is, is a solid backup, at least against the run. And then a whole lot of problems in terms of not enough pass rush or not enough established pass rush at the very least. There is one more twist that we could see happen, and that is Shalee Calhoun, who's actually listed as a linebacker on the Chiefs depth chart. Uh, but he is a rush end, always has been. Um, he's a kid that I wanted to see come to Kansas City years ago when he was drafted. Never happened. Um, at his age, I think he's pushing 29 now. That's going to be a little bit difficult. We'll see. He's the outside guy that might have a chance to really put his hat into the mix. So we'll keep an eye out on that. But all of that said, there has to be an acquisition. Whether it's cut down day, uh, a veteran release, one of the few veterans that's still out there, uh, Carlos Dunlap comes to mind. There has to be something to bolster this group because at the very least, you're not covered for injury in order to maintain pass rush. Um, they may have some wrinkles that they can do with blitzing some of the linebackers, walking some of the linebackers down, but that's not going to be enough. So they have to do something, and I'm betting that they get something done between, oh, week one of the preseason and final cutdown day. I think something is going to come there. In final cuts, they're going to pick somebody up from another roster is my guess. Now, if I wanted to bet on that, that's certainly a prop that you can go find at Bet Online. It is the number one spot for all your sports information and betting needs, whether it's all these playoffs that just finished, the MMA schedule, the Major League Baseball schedule, and certainly all these props for the new football season. It is coming. It is getting closer, and they have everything you need from podcasts to more info to scores and updates instantly. It's all at betonline.net where you can go get all that information from any device, including your phone, computer, whatever. Head over to that website today and find all the information that you need to get your money out there in a smart way. It's BetOnline where the game starts. Now, beyond my number one, that was the pass rush. Number two for me is very specific in the timeline for Lucas Niang because it's it's pasting it together in the meantime. It is a question of, is it the veteran Andrew Wiley? Is it the rookie Darian Kennard? At right tackle, I can live with Kennard. If he beats Wiley out, then that's a legitimately one starting role. The question is, is there foresight? Is there a road ahead that we see Lucas Niang returning. And at that point, if it isn't till midseason, can he actually jump back into the action and be ready to contribute? That's an even bigger question. So it may come down to the fact 
that Andrew Wiley may start early. Kennard could come on. They could do some kind of other role change because they have to get solid right tackle play. They have to be able to run the ball effectively enough, and they have to be able to protect Patrick because he can't be constantly continuing to break the the, the pocket and make these ad-lib plays because none of these guys have ad-lib experience with him except for McCole Hartman. It does make it so that he has to deliver the ball from the pocket, I think, a little bit more predictably and a little bit more on time so that you can hit the tempo of the offense that has to rely on all these new pass catchers to get in time. That's going to be – it's not It's not how far or how deep you're running your routes. It's about timing and getting the ball out. I actually think that Andrew Wiley's probably got the inside edge. I know there's been a lot of positive things said about Darren Kennard in OTAs. We won't know until we really know. We get pads on, and we're seeing them in an actual competition in training camp and then obviously in the preseason games. But that specific spot comes back to Niang. Is, is, is he even going to be in a position to return this season? Can he recover enough to contribute? That's what it ends up being. And unfortunately, that's only one half of the scenario because the number three top issue right now with the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of people would probably put this at number one, but it's the other tackle spot with Orlando Brown. Now, it is the end, the conclusion. It is the 4th of July as I'm recording this. So it is through the weekend, and we haven't had any update. Folks are starting to get a little bit nervous. I'm not one of them because I really do think that the deal will be done in the last 48 hours before camp because I don't think anybody wants to make a special trip. I think they're just going to sign as he walks into camp and, and call it done as long as they can reach the agreement. And I think that that is work that's being done. Otherwise, he can sign the franchise tag and waltz on into camp on time as well. But make no mistake, being in camp on time is imperative for Orlando Brown and his continued career, whether it be in Kansas City or whether it's somewhere else, not going to camp and being prepared for it is a big problem for him as well as the organization. So I really do feel like in the best interest of everyone involved, he does have to be in camp on time. I think that he probably will. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the question then becomes is, is he ready to go? I think from what we've seen from offseason training, he should be in decent shape. As long as that gets signed, he should be perfectly fine. If he doesn't, or he takes an extra week to sign the franchise tag, what does that mean? Well, then the two players that we just talked about in Darian Kennard and Andrew Wiley have to come into the mix as well, but they're not alone. It is Jaron Christian that I think is probably the guy that got the most reps at left tackle in OTAs for a specific purpose, and that is to hold the, the, the tie down while Orlando Brown is, is working itself out. So, you have to think that he's going to have a shot at that left tackle. But in the end, no matter what's happened in OTAs, no matter what's happened in this offseason training cycle, when it comes down to three days in, in practice before game one, that's the guy that will start no matter what. It's good to have all those things under your belt, but you have to be the guy the week that practice begins for the regular season. And I think Orlando Brown will be in. I think the extension will be done. I'm not concerned about that yet. If it doesn't happen, then there are fallbacks, but that is a big, big price to pay. And these two tackle spots together are we're back to the, the combination of those two things affecting Patrick Mahomes' uh, ability to lay this offense down and to get his new pass catchers into the rhythm of it and into the system. This is a big transition, <clears throat> and you got to have all your 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 best players available. That's key. So maybe that that forces the, the franchise's hand a little bit to, to be a little bit more pliable and give a little bit more bend. 
maybe that's what happens. We're going to have to find out. But one way or the other, we're going to see Orlando Brown. We just don't know when. And if they can do that and they can get everybody in and on track, and hopefully Lucas Niang is available later in the year, I think that does set up the offense for the best possible way to add the additions in a way that helps them maximize their performance and therefore maximizing the offense as a whole, putting up more points, leading to more wins. That is the concept. Those are the steps that you have to do as you move forward into a season. So that's number three. Four and five get a little bit trickier here in just a second. But I want to tell you about our friends at Rock Auto because even though it's the 4th of July, they're hard at work helping you get hard at work on the things that you need to fix over on your vehicle. They save you all kinds of money, all the way up to 100% more than you would pay at a chain store that you don't have to wait for, you don't have to search for, you can find it all online and get it to your doorstep. They've been in business 20 years and they're a family business and they treat you like one of their own, whether you're a professional mechanic or somebody that's doing it on the on the weekends to try to fix something they messed up, like uh, like my tailgate. There's all kinds of things going wrong. Uh, they have all the parts from brake parts all the way up to new carpet, everything that you need. So go explore their website. Put everything into your cart. Once you're ready to order, they'll ask you. There'll be a little box that says, how did you hear about us? If you would put it in locked in, that helps them know that we sent you and you heard about them here. And that's how you get amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck are ever going to need over at rockauto.com. Now, for four and five, there are a number of questions. I think the top two remaining for me is who's going to be that third corner. LeJerry Sneed's going to be a starter. Trent McDuffie's going to be a starter. <laughs> Done deal. No way around it. Not much of a question at all. Who's the trio? Who fills out that trio with them? Because those are the guys that are going to be on the field the most. This, this league is mostly... Uh, gone to 11 personnel, which requires a minimum of three corners. And honestly, to, to call a starting lineup, you should have three corners on. The question comes down to a lot of maybes. Maybe Fenton's healed and he's ready to get on the field. I hope so. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that's the best option in that he knows the defense the best. Uh, you can then kind of riff off of that if you need to. For me, I think beyond him, it comes down to one guy who's been here in DeAndre Baker and one other new guy that they, they went and brought in via trade, and that's Lonnie Johnson. I think physically, if you're going to put up a trio that is prepared to be physical and understands how to contest the ball, I think the top three guys are likely LeJarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, and Lonnie Johnson. Now, Rashad Fenton's played a lot of good snaps. He's come up with some big plays, including interceptions and turnovers for this team. Johnson's super, super long. He can test the ball well, especially for the bigger, uh, taller receivers, the Mike Williams of the world that the Chiefs would be playing in week two. I, I think it's a positive that he ends up earning that third spot. We'll see. Uh, if it did, it allows LeJarius Sneed to, to play inside most of the time. Maybe McDuffie switches out at times as well. Um, I think it allows them a lot of flexibility. If either of those guys are good to go as the third, I think they're okay. I think beyond that, it becomes a battle with the aforementioned DeAndre Baker, who's been in the system, and I'm still pulling for him. And then, honestly, it's it's the rookie, Josh Williams, who I think has the most upside of all the rookie class of uh, defensive backs in general, but corners specifically. I like Jalen Watson a lot. 
Jalen Watson would be the next step down for me because I think Jalen needs a little bit more of transition. He reminds me a lot, and you guys have heard me say this in RGR football. Um, and if you haven't gone over there, make sure you go sub to that and hit NFL33.com too. That's my sub stack with my staff where we talk about league trends, uh, draft, how team building goes on uh, from, from a 30,000-foot view. So we get a little bit more about the league. And the league is going towards these longer corners because they're effective. That's a reason. And I think Jalen Watson fits that as well. He reminds me of Sean Smith when he was in Kansas City. Um, he, he's susceptible to the long speed, but he's got the length. He's got the aggression. He knows how to play physical. And I think he's able to disrupt routes, which in this league, timing is everything. And as the, the quarterbacks in this league are trying to combat the pass rush by getting the ball out faster, that means disrupting routes is more effective because you don't have the recovery time. So if a defensive back can disrupt a route and put a guy in a place that he's not expected to be in terms of what that quarterback was looking for, that throws off the timing for them. It slows down their ability to get the ball out effectively, and that helps the pass rush. It all comes together, and you have to balance both sides. So I think that's critically important. I think Jalen will get there, but I'm just not sure that he's ready to compete with Joshua and, and DeAndre Baker right now, but we'll see. The other dark horse is DiCaprio Boodle. Who steps up? Question number four for me is who steps up to claim those last spots. It is Lonnie Johnson. Is easy starter worthy? Is Rashad Fenton worthy? What, who's number three? But just as important is who's four, five, and six. Obviously, whoever doesn't get three will be four. So five and six come down to this group that I think is really intriguing, but very, very muddy right now. So Camp will open that up and clarify that for us quite a bit. It will also give us a hint. It won't clarify everything. But question number five for me is how does Spags adapt to what he doesn't have in the pass rush and in experience at the defensive back level? You have Juan Thornhill. You have Legereus. You have a, a little bit in DeAndre Baker and Lonnie Johnson. You also have um, Justin Reed coming in there. like. That's some experience, but still, you don't have like that aged veteran to really be the leader. So you have to overcome that a little bit as well. And if if I understand how Spags has, has worked through the years, aggression becomes something he can lean on and that he's comfortable leaning on. I hope that he does. But I hope it also takes some different forms. Instead of just being what we've seen recently in, in the nickel and safety blitzes, he's got to use the linebackers. Who does he choose to do that with? Um, if you heard my breakdown the other day on the first quarter of the season over on RGR. Uh, I talked about how it's going to come about, when you're going to see who. And the question is going to be, can you see somebody like Leo Chanel coming in or Elijah Lee or Shalee Calhoun, like we talked about before, who can play a spot role of, of aggression in either off-ball blitzing, coming off the edge, drop-down edge type guy, uh, a number of things that you can do to create more pressure. That's got to be the thing. Do they run more stunts in gaming? I hope that they do. I think there are, there are ways for this defense to play that free Chris Jones up more than he has been in the past. I think that's a possibility. That all goes back to how creative does Spags want to be, and can he get everybody on the same page? Uh, which Coach Cullen coaching the front, um, and Coach Daly now with the linebackers, I think that allows you an opportunity to change some things up and really mess with uh, the film that everybody can watch from last year that maybe doesn't give everything away. I, I hope that that's what they're concentrating on because in lieu of talent, you have to use scheme. And that's going to be the deciding factor in this defense if they're unable to add to the pass rush. If there just doesn't get anything come clear that they feel can help, 
and they have to use scheme, and it's going to come down to the coaching staff and the F's and O's and how they go about rules and aggression. That's what it comes down to. So tell me what your top five are. Leave your comments on the YouTube channel or in the Spotify reviews or the Apple podcast reviews. That will help quite a bit. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick tomorrow. You'll hear from him and where we're at as well. And then later in the week, Chris will be back, and you'll be able to hear from him as I am moving and uh, tied up with a bunch of family things. So uh, I thank you for your time today. If you would like sub and hit the bell, that always helps us. And I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks where we can talk some real ball on a real field. So I know that you guys are excited. Thanks for checking us out today. Hope you enjoyed your holiday. We'll be back with you tomorrow.